The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to uh, freeze Wait, on. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Welcome to Points in the Paint on Stadium. NBA, uh, Stadium's NBA show, NBA podcast. There you go. There I'm Ben Winstein. I'm Zach B. in the place to be. Zach, how you been doing? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm great. Listen, we, it's that time of the year where we do that thing, you know, the team, interv- yeah. your team interviews. It's the best. It's, you know, the off season. So, you know, not a ton of news coming out. So it's the perfect time for us to do some NBA team previews. And what better team to start with than the very own Chicago Bulls, our next door neighbor? Oh, yeah. Next door neighbor. We see in red. Yeah. It's that time. Yeah, it is. And with that, <laughs> as we do with all our team previews, we have guests. Yes. And our first guest for the team previews for the 2023 season, he's the lead Bulls writer for Bleacher Nation, Elias Schuster. Elias, how are you, man? I'm I'm doing <laughs> great. Like you said, we got a long time until uh, we got a long time till basketball season starts, but we do. I, this so is long. fun for me because we get to talk hoops and I would I wouldn't want to spend my day doing anything else. Well, we appreciate you sticking with us yep. uh, and we're ready to talk Bulls because this is an interesting team to me. They had uh, a decent season last year. I don't. I don't know. I know some Bulls fans would say it was a failure. Some fans would say it's all right. Giannis would say it's not a failure. That's true. No, nothing's <laughs> a failure for Giannis. So, how how would you assess the Bulls season last season? Uh, I mean, I would definitely call it a, a disappointment. Let's go with that. I, 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 would, I don't know if I'd throw the whole word failure out there because at the end, it would have been a failure perhaps if they didn't even make the play-in tournament, but. At the end of the day, they, they were able to kind of creep in there, that 14-9 and nine post-All-Star break record to, to squeeze in. And, uh, you know, they did play better at the end of the year, uh, which is a positive. But in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about an organization that was trying to rebrand itself and, and take steps in the right direction to go from a top six spot to falling to a 10 seed and then, you know, finishing as the ninth because they at least won one play-in game, uh, it's, it's definitely considered a disappointment. It's considered a step in the wrong direction. So... I think this year is kind of the, well, it could have been a change this offseason perhaps, but they decided to double down on what they've been doing. So it seems like this season is either going to be, you got to really figure things out or then it's for sure a new direction. So I guess we'll see. But last season was definitely uh, uh, a concern, I would say. I'm sure that it's set some worries for not only fans, but inside the organization. Mm. So are you one of those people that believe Chicago Bulls are in purgatory. <laughs> are you? It sounds like you one of those people. I mean, I'm not. Hey, if you, if anybody who uh, has read <laughs> stuff uh, on Bleacher Nation knows that I have definitely expressed concerns about the state uh, in which the Bulls have put themselves into. Now, I wouldn't go mm-hmm. as far as you know. There's some people, like you said, who are who are saying there's this purgatory that they're not going to get out, you know, from for years and years and years. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I do think that. While when you look at the Eastern Conference right now, they're stuck in the middle for the season, I think. I don't think their ceiling is, you know, we'll probably talk about it. I don't think it's too high. I don't think it's much higher than what it would have been um, two years ago when they got to a first-round right. series. But 
when we're looking towards the future, there's still time for them to take a step backward and, and readjust. And they have trade assets, you know, at their disposal. If they wanted to at the deadline, move someone like DeMar DeRozan, there will be value out there for him. I think the Zach Levine thing, a lot of people, uh, I think the Bradley Beal market kind of shook things up and, and changed the perspective of what people think, you know, the Bulls would try to get in the Levine trade. They were like, maybe it's just a salary mm-hmm. dump, but the Bulls know he's worth more than that. And over time, as these bigger star trades happen again, his value will go back up and he's still, you know, a young all-star. So he's somebody, if you wanted to enter a rebuild, you can go out and get a lot of assets for. Alex Caruso is very valued around the league. Um, you know, there's 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 pieces, even these these contracts this offseason, Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, you know, um, Kobe White's new deal. These are guys that are on pretty fair contracts. Like they they were missing those middle tier contracts the past couple of years. They kind of have those now. So those are other assets they can trade down the road. So I'm not somebody who thinks there's no turning back or they're stuck in this for years and years. Um, if they extend DeMar and continue to, to you know, then maybe we enter that level. But I, okay. there's still room for them to, to take a step uh, you know, back you. if they want to. So you spoke about DeMar DeRozan and he yeah. was on a Iman Shumpers podcast a few weeks ago and he talked about his style of play versus today's style of the NBA. Now we know the mid range game this, that, and the third. What would you say about his game having a positive or negative impact? Well, I think that it's, uh, I, I think there's people that probably have gone too far in the direction of, of, you know, hating on the mid range, saying that he he shouldn't be taking those shots, Ooh, saying that you, you just need that. to be going for the the three ball. I I think that there's there's you can only be playing the way DeRozan plays if you play it as well as DeRozan plays it, right? So mm. uh, you shouldn't be chucking up mid range shots if you aren't efficient at the. But DeRozan, he's still remains to be one of the most efficient mid-range players in the game. I don't know who I'm uh, I'm making mad by these comments based off your guys' reaction. This man loves but... the mid-range like <laughs> not no, us. Okay. I'm not and, and here is the like I said, I, I'm not gonna be for it for everybody. Like I wrote about this morning over at Bleacher Nation. Um, you know, there was a graphic that was kind of sharing uh the players who shot the most mid-range um buckets over the last year or so. And you know like Zach Levine for example is in that conversation as well. I don't think Zach is somebody who should be taking as many as he's taken in the past couple of years. He's someone who should probably step behind that three-point line or either keep going at the rim because that's where he's more efficient. But DeRozan is more efficient in the mid-range. That's where he's always been efficient. So I think I'm okay with him continuing to take those shots until we see a pretty drastic decrease in what he's able to do in that area of the floor. But there's no question that when you have a player that plays like he does, plays so isolation-heavy, plays in the mid-range, it makes it more complicated for your team, right? You have to have the pieces that can adapt to that. The Bulls the past couple of years have been missing that. They added some better pieces and Javon Carter and Torrey Craig who can adapt around that a little bit better to add more spacing. But yeah, it it does make things harder, but I wouldn't say, I'm not one of those guys that's like, DeRozan needs to stop because if he keeps hitting them at 48%, I can't complain that much. And be mad at that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think DeRozan <laughs> is one of the few guys in the NBA that you could say that about for the mid-range because he can be that oh, efficient sure. from the mid-range. Yep. I apologize to you before we start interviewing. I'm going to apologize again. Talk about Lonzo Ball. And that's, you know, <laughs> the dark horse for the bull. You know, it's the dark stepson. No one wants to talk about. Right. But have we seen the last of Lonzo Ball in the Bulls uniform? Ooh. Oh. 
It's can I I can give you two answers. I, the first one I'm gonna say I hope not for his case. You know, I just think that I, I at, at the end of the day when you talk about Lonzo, you first have to talk about just the human aspect of this story and and you know this just stinks for him. I just hope that for his sake he can get back on the court because it's you know everyone knows it's something he loves to do. Now we just discussed Lonzo Ball on a negative note, so you gotta please give me. Patrick Williams positivity. <laughs> Will this be a breakout year for the forward? <laughs> Here's the thing about Patrick Williams. I am I, I'm a Patrick Williams believer. I will just preface by saying that I'm a fan of his game. I think that he's um, a perfect fit in a lot of ways for this modern NBA. Um, you know, he is he kind of second half of last year, I think, started to understand how he could fit into the puzzle next to star level talent. Um, you know, he was he was doing more work on the offensive glass. He was, you know, moving better off the ball. He's been a surprisingly uh, efficient three point shooter throughout his career. That was a concern coming into the league. And he's proven people wrong that he can hit at a, you know, he was a, basically a 40 percent three point shooter in his career so far. The volume mm-hmm. uh, isn't the, the greatest, but it increased last year and he continued to shoot it well. He didn't have the liberty and the freedom when he first entered the NBA to be on a rebuilding team and just do whatever he wants and Mm -hmm. learn through his mistakes. Also, the second year, obviously, missed almost the entire year with that wrist injury. And and for somebody who's as young as him, that does factor into the equation. Now, the thing that worries me about his ability to take a breakout this upcoming uh, year is just that they they still have that core in place of Levine, DeRozan, and and Vucevic. And right. they're all going to continue to be the one, two, three on that team. Offensively, the opportunities for him aren't going to be there as much as, you know, you'd want them to be to see this breakout level performance, I think. You know, can he continue to learn how to to fill the holes around them? Yes. But until one of those players is is, you know, out of the mix, seeing him take that big jump is going to be difficult. And that's why I wrote about earlier this summer, just an idea of, you know, and I think the bulls will consider it during training camp. We'll see. I, I, you know, it's, I don't have any reporting or anything on that. It's just, maybe they'll consider uh, Tory Craig starting next to the, them and having Patrick move to the bench just so he can have more offensive freedom with that second unit, him and Kobe white like are idea. able to do a little bit more. I don't think that'd be the worst thing. I do like his athleticism next to Vucevic and his defensive capabilities. But in Torrey Craig, they now have somebody who can also switch on to other defenders and, and can provide some more defense and length at that four position. So they might let Patrick, or at least if they start him, stagger him into the second unit to give him more offensive uh, opportunities. That's where maybe the breakout could happen is if he gets more shots up in that second unit. I really hope so. I hope it's the year of uh, Patrick Williams. Yeah, me too. Coming up this season. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to continue talking to Elias. We're talking uh, all-time bull starting lineups, some hot takes. We're going to name some dudes. It's coming up next. Don't on go nowhere. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to Points in the Paint. I'm Zach Batcher, host. That's my main man over there, Ben Winstein. And we got our boy, Eli, joining the podcast, Bleacher Nation reporter, writer, Beyonce, congratulations! I saw that. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you. Oh yeah, it's, no doubt. No. Appreciate it. 
Remember, you can catch us wherever you get your podcast, right? I just wanted to throw that out there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But first, let's get back to the interview. My man, we talking to Elias Schuster, talking Chicago Bulls, so we got to ask him, all-time lineup, who's your guys? You got to give us some guys. Okay, I want to I wanna preface this discussion by just saying this is hard for the Bulls, okay? and It is, because Bulls got a lot of great me. players. Right. Feel free to if you guys have a you know an issue with something, totally fine with me. Uh, there's I, I could have had different options across the board, except for probably like two. But for point guard, I mean it's obvious here. I think we got to you got to start with Derrick Rose. Uh, at the end of the day, if you're not if you're not picking yeah, if you're not picking the youngest MVP in NBA history, uh, you're doing it wrong. I know that I tried to consider fit a little bit with this roster, but at the same time, like, and he might not fit perfectly with this whole roster. But it's but that's okay. And any Bulls fan would probably be outside my window with uh, a torch and pick, pitchfork if I didn't have uh, Derek Rose sitting right there. So <laughs> he's the obvious point guard option. All right, who's uh, who are you looking at for the two? Man, I wonder who so it could possibly be. Hardest <laughs> <laughs> one in all of sports. Yeah, this was real tough. So, of course, it's going to be Jordan. And like I said, I don't know if like a D-Rose uh, Jordan backcourt makes the most sense like on paper, but it doesn't matter because they're the two, uh, you know, <laughs> two of the greatest bulls in uh, NBA history. Uh, there's not much else to say. He's the GOAT. Again, if I didn't if I didn't put him here, then I shouldn't be on any show. I shouldn't, talk, I shouldn't, be, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be talking sports ever. Again. I should be put in jail. So um, the next Fair. pick... I mean, I feel like it's obvious Ooh. also, but I, I think if you don't have that duo in an all-time, you know, and I think with uh, with Scottie Pippen especially, defensively, right. what he can do is why it makes so much sense to have in any Bulls, you know, starting five, just because multi-positional, you can slide him kind of at any of the wing spots. You can even slide him at that two spot, but just one of the best perimeter defenders of all time. And if you don't have him in, uh, in a starting five, like, especially... Your head a lot of Gotta times goes him. to offense, goes to bucket getting. And, you know, he can do that. He can obviously do that. I also think he'd be a better three-point shooter in today's era, things like that. But defensively, he's going to be one of the best defensive players on this on this uh, five-man unit. So, got to put him in there. Uh-oh, who's at the four then? Okay, this is probably this is where I was able to feel like to have some fun with it. I ended up putting Tony Kukoc there. And the reason that okay, I ended up some space. Ooh. Yeah, it's because of the space. Like, like I said, when I was thinking about an all-time starting five, I'm kind of thinking about it in terms of today's uh, in today's NBA. D. Rose, obviously right. not a particularly well-known, gifted three-point shooter. Um, like we said, Scotty can probably hit it a little bit. I think these are Jordan's same. Like if it was today, they would be hitting the three at a much higher clip. But we saw it more from Tony when he was playing. I also just love his size of that position. I think in general, like – an underrated mm-hmm. talent. I know he's a basketball Hall of Famer, but he's a basketball Hall of Famer because of what he was doing overseas. Um, and then, you know, when he, his NBA career, it was obviously a great career, but he could have done even more here in the States if they played yes. with the spacing and they played with the tempo that they played today. And I think facilitating wise too, with scores like D Rose and Jordan on the team, um, Tony's a sneaky little facilitator. Uh, so I oh, love, uh, I, I love the, I love the versatility that he could uh, he could bring a roster like this. So I put him on that before. Not a All number right. five position. Man in the middle. Ooh wait. Now the man in the middle is probably yeah gonna have people. I can see you know some Bulls fans having some problems with this, but I went with Artis Gilmore. I think that you. Uh, <laughs> How you feel about that? Yeah, like, I, <laughs> people are I gonna like want it. Joakim here. 
yeah, people are gonna watch Joakim here, and I get why they would watch. I didn't watch think Joakim. of that though. Okay, as bad right, as that might be, <laughs> I just know that a lot I think of people. I mean, Art's legendary, right? And that's why I put him in here because I think he's he's somebody that is honestly forgotten about a little too much in terms of how dominant he was at the time that he was playing. He was the Bulls kind of, you know, marquee face, marquee name. This is a guy that would just eat up boards down low. He was extremely efficient around the rim. If you're putting him with this team, yeah, maybe it doesn't help the spacing, but like, I love the lob opportunities. <laughs> I just love, <laughs> I love him. Just as rim run middle. like Clint Capella. And, Works. Yeah, and it was mainly for me like I want I want the respect put on his name, so I was like I'm putting him in the starting five. I love that. I love that love energy. That, that's a, that's a good looking starting lineup. The Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls had a good looking starting lineup all the time. I don't know how many teams beat this team. Not too many, especially with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it's really well, nice. That's the thing. Uh, let's do a little bit more naming dudes because we're all immaculate grid players here. We love naming guys sitting around just naming old guys. So. Can you? We're just gonna ask you. Can you name a random Bulls player? Who's a random Bulls player that maybe people don't mention Anybody. enough, talk about, forgot about, whatever it is? Well, on the, yeah, on the topic of like I said, why I threw Artis Gilmore in there, um, and even a guy like Tony Kukoc, players that I don't think uh, get enough kind of credit for their Bulls tenure. This one was he wasn't here as as long, but Paul Gasol, Uh-oh. low key, didn't get uh, didn't get enough praise like for it. what he did here. The team, I understand That's so good. That the team, <laughs> so yeah, random team, too. Joe, yeah because people forget he's a name that people i know it was recent in recent history relatively you know it was in the 2014-15 like range but that's a a bulls team that people forget about because it was the post d rose injuries um you know that's when they had they had that cleveland he had the rose had that cleveland buzzer beater but those teams as a whole didn't accomplish much um and it's just kind of a forgotten era because it was more of a what if era uh, after the d rose injuries so paul gasol when he was there i mean this is a guy that was he was an all-star both seasons he was there he played great basketball. If you look at his career, um, you know, his career just throughout how everything went, this was like the last two years of his Hall of Fame caliber career. Mm. So I think it's something that should be appreciated a little bit more that he got to play those final two years in Chicago. I know there's a lot of jokes usually about the Bulls getting these stars at the end of their, you know, at the end of their run. And it's it's definitely true. <laughs> but in t- unlike Dwayne Wade, right, who came to Chicago, things like, like Pal Gasol came yeah, and dominated and and yeah, and he came and dominated while he was here. He played some of, um, he continued to play some great basketball. So I was, uh, I, I just think that's somebody who people forget about and 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 played a really fun, you know, uh, handful of games here. So you know how we like to end it. The hottest take for the Chicago Bulls this upcoming season. It could be they could be last in the East. It could be they could be first in the East. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so um, I don't know how hot my take is, but I, but I'll give it. You okay, you got a lukewarm one. Yeah, you can tell me <laughs> if it's hot enough. I think uh, if I had to give a hot take, it would be that the Bulls can finish top five in the East. Now, the only Ooh. reason that I would say that, which that would be higher oh, than like you know, they finished up and up until this point, they finished top six uh, their first year together. The reason I would go top five potentially is just because there's there are some teams with question marks in the East. Uh, a team like Philly is about to lose Harden. You don't know how where they could drop off. The Knicks. Right. Uh, I don't know if anybody can can bank on the New York Knicks being a sustainable you know top five team in the East. They they last season I they were they looked great last season, but that's a franchise that's always been up and down. And the Bulls. Right. 
as frustrating as it's been, the idea of this continuity, there's a world where it does work out for at least one more season. These are guys who have played together more than some other, uh, you know, some other people around the league. So <laughs> if they can hit it on all cylinders, they got more shooting in Carter and Torrey Craig. Uh, this is a scrappy team that could potentially, you know, compete for a top six spot, end up in the top five. And then do I see them winning a first round series? No. But if they could at least get cracked top five. Gotta match East, up, right? We, That's all. We saw them do it once. It's not, a, a, you know, we saw them be first in the East for a long time uh, there in that first year together. So it's not out of the question that they can surprise some people and, and hang around the top five. Ooh, so Elias, you know, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's up to you to tell the people where they find your work at. Uh, you can read my distressed Chicago Bulls thoughts over at BleacherNation.com, BleacherNation slash Bulls specifically. Uh, join me. I'm talking Bulls every day there, uh, different posts, and, and uh, we can have a good time. You can also follow me um, on Twitter or whatever it's called now, at Schuster underscore Elias. Whatever it's called. Um, and also we don't make sure to, to follow uh, BN Bulls, Bleacher Nation Bulls, uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Just search that, and it'll pop right up. We're talking bulls there all the time as well. Sweet, sweet. There you have it, folks. Elias Schuster, Leecher Nation, covering the bulls, lead bull rider. You love to see it. We appreciate you having you on the show today. Got to come back. <laughs> For sure. Thank you guys so much. Oh, yeah. So when we come back, folks, we got another list, but it comes from Dr. J. Don't go anywhere. This is Points in the Pain. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Points in the Paint on Stadium. Zach Badger House. That's me. And I'm Ben Wittenstein. <laughs> Doug Watley on the sticks. Producer, hold Producer, it down. director, art director, everything. He's helping us make us look good. And we want to thank Elias Schuster again coming on. Talking yes, Bulls. Bleacher Nation. We'll be talking more Bulls, I'm sure, as the weeks and months oh, yeah. come up. You know how we're going to do. be talking and doing our team previews as well. So mm -hmm. stick with us every weekend. You'll be able to see us and our team preview is going to have some exciting team stuff. But before we leave. Yes. Dr. J. He made a list. He made a list. No, we do. We make lists, too. Matt list he made, made some list ripples. Too. Yes, it did. Dr. Look at J. That list. Top 10 players all time. No order. Ooh-wee. So what, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I'm taking Tiny Archibald off, you get off the rip. 30 seconds to like, look at this list. Yeah, I'm tiny taking Archibald Tiny. Off? He's okay. off the list, yeah. off top. Everybody else, you can make a case for being on that list. Maybe even Carl Malone, you can scratch off, put Tim Duncan. But I'm other than that, that, it just seems like Dr. J didn't pick anybody post-98. <laughs> yeah, they didn't stop watching basketball <laughs> yes. once, the, once the century marked her. <laughs> exactly, yes. It's like 2000, I'm done with basketball. Since 2000, don't look like no Dr. LeBron. J been watching no, no basketball No whatsoever. LeBron, no Steph. <laughs> No KD. staff, right? No staff. Like, come on, he doesn't like KD. Staff. I don't know if you heard the comments about Kevin Durant, but Dr. J, Julius Irvin, does not like Kevin Durant. That's doesn't crazy. like how I he mean, operates. I, 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 
opinions aside on him, he's one of the greats. He is. Durant, in terms he of is. scoring, and Steph is up there too. Like he revolutionized the game. Right. Exactly. Weird. It's weird to me, man. It's a weird list. That's, that's one of those get off my lawn. Put that on. <laughs> that's one of those get off my lawn list. Right yeah, there. it really is. It really is. Yeah, that's yeah. Turn so up the, the details of that list, Doctor J. If you want to check that out some more, go ahead and check it out Twitter. on the socials, all, all over, over Twitter. Twitter. You know, get some interview to feedback from Doctor J that we saw. But in the meantime, in between time, that's gonna do it for points in the paint the TV show, and make sure you catch the podcast as well. You know, when you see them lovely social handles right there, make sure you follow at Stadium, at Points Paint, and you will hear from us, Zach, Ben Winterstein, next week.